Amen. We can certainly trust him, can't we? That's right. He's too wise to make any mistakes. He's too caring, too caring to not be concerned about where you are. Always keep that before you. Even when you don't understand where you are and you don't understand his word or the timing of the fulfillment of his promises, remember, you can always trust his heart. You can trust God's heart. His heart is right. <laughs> Always has been. Always will be. Amen. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, how we thank you for helping us to see that about you. We know, Lord, for many people, many times when they face such dilemmas in their life and they just don't understand what's going on. And many of them, instead of waiting and trying to be patient and faithful. They turn away from you in the midst of such difficult. And if there's anybody they needed, it would be you. I pray that you would help us, Father, that we would always, whether we understand or not, would always be able to believe and trust and know that you're too wise to make mistakes. You're too loving to be harsh. You're too gentle, kind, to be uncaring for your people. As we have assembled here tonight, Lord, we don't want it to be church as usual. We want it to be another divine time in your presence to where you feed us on your word, you speak to us, you correct us, you help us. But also, Father, we want it to be a time that we give back to you, that we minister to you, that we love you, that we worship you we respond to your word father i pray that you would just speak to every heart lord you see this prayer calls that i have in my hand you know the need lord jesus i'm asking you god that you would just move you see father the life of this individual that it concerns and i'm praying lord in the name of jesus may you move you can move lord when none can move and it seems nearly impossible but you're a mighty god as I preach with it tonight, Father, I pray that you'd be mindful. Anoint us now with your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Let's uh, read together, if you would, St. John chapter 4. We'll read verse 5. <clears throat> I want to speak to you tonight again on the humility and the glory of kenosis since I didn't really get to my subject at all on Sunday. So. <laughs> People wonder why I title things, why I title them. Well, how in the world can you title something you don't even, he won't even tell you which way you're going to go? Now, if he'd give me the title, that would be great. But if he don't, how in the world can I know what to call it? <laughs> but that's all right, sir. We're not complaining. We like it that way. Amen. <laughs> so, tentatively, my title tonight is Humility and Glory of Kenosis. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. 
Do we realize how great that is? Jesus being wearied with his journey. That's part of kenosis. To get tired. First time in his existence God ever got tired. But he didn't do it in the fatherhood. He could only do it in the sonship. Being wearied with his journey set thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. Verse 23. Speaking to the woman, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. May the Lord bless his word. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm not sure exactly what you're getting out of these uh, <clears throat> services where we've been looking at this. Um, I see more of the Godhead for sure, but I also see more of the man. I see more about him, but I also see more about me. Hopefully you see more about about yourself. But one thing that I've noticed, especially in the last couple of weeks as I've been speaking about this and studying it as well, that has become more real to me. And that is that the emphasis of the coming of the Lord Jesus was not just to produce a blood, a chemistry, that would be able to be offered into the presence of God to have a body that would set upon the mediatorial throne but also to live a human life in such a way that it could be an example to every other human that wanted to live the same kind of life. As I've been looking at this, I guess this is one thing that's overwhelmed me about it, is that bringing into view the kenosis, which is made himself of no reputation, the Greek word being kino, uh, the noun kenosis. So he empties himself, coupled with the verb there, that he empties himself. This is not something that's just been hatched out in the last 150 years or something as far as the word, but it was something that was argued and debated about even in the first church age. So some of them lean toward Arianism, uh, some of them lean toward the true apostolic doctrine. Some lean more toward the two Lord, 325 A.D., of course. And they come up the Catholic Church under Catholicism. And they introduce the Trinitarian idea. And we know that more than likely all of them had a portion of truth. But we don't want a portion of truth. We want the truth. Amen. Right? So we don't want to be on this ditch or that ditch. I don't know about you. I get tired of ditch running. I'd like to be up on the highway. Hey, the highway's made for somebody. Why not let it be made for me? So myself, I, I would like to find that place to where that we're down in the middle of the road. Everybody you talk to always is in the middle of the road, but I done found out years ago, everybody can't be in the middle of the road. They're going the wrong direction. They're in the ditch or up on the bank. Some of them cleaning out the fence row. They done wiped out trees. And yet, it's amazing. How in the world can your vehicle be beat all to pieces and you're in the middle of the road? How'd them trees get in the middle of the road? Something's wrong somewhere. 
So as we look at it, it makes you realize that we still no doubt have preconceived ideas, not only about the Godhead, but as far as the manhood of the Lord Jesus and ourselves. But looking at kenosis, then the debate started out almost 2,000 years ago. Almost immediately after his, his coming and his leaving, and then the gospel kept unfolding into the ministry of Paul, and then these scriptures that we're looking at tonight, they looked at them 2,000 years ago, and they started looking at him with the Greek language, the Greek dialect, they understood a lot better than what we do, of course. So they started dissecting these words, and there were people that were spirit-born, there were some that were intellectual believers, as we have today, and that give birth to a lot of different ideas ideology about what the Lord Jesus was. Well, some said basically he was a phantom. He was just a spirit type of being and that he looked like a human, but really he wasn't a human. Well, others said, no, 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 no. He was totally human. He was actually born between Joseph and Mary, and he was just a human. And the Spirit of God come down and lived in him, but that blood, uh, the blood didn't really mean nothing because he was just a human. But we know neither of those are the truths. But we know the apostles believed the truth. So this is why we needed a prophet to restore us back to apostolic faith. So what they believed was what hopefully we believe. So what do you believe, Brother Donnie? Well, I hope, I hope by the grace of God, I'm believing more like Paul. Now, no doubt if you'd asked me that 20 years ago, I'd said, oh, absolutely. But now I look back and I realize 20 years ago, I was believing some things that was wrong. Now, I'm going to go ahead and adventure, okay, just a little bit. And I'm going to step out a little bit and say more than likely, everybody here except for the six-month-old babies have believed wrong as well. Right? But... You know, one good thing about a child of God is, a child of God walking in the light as he is in the light, we can admit that we have been wrong. Now, it's only folks that aren't born again that never admit they're wrong, because they never do no wrong, and they're wrong from the birth, of course, by believing that. But what we want to be able to believe and assume is that our doctrine lines up exactly with what the apostles taught. Then we know we have been restored by Malachi 4 back to the original apostolic doctrine, which I find it amazing that God started this out with apostolic doctrine. And then it was, of course, false prophets, teachers, and so on that transformed themselves into ministers of righteousness and they started leading the, tr the church away from truth. And then God does not send an apostle in the last day, but God actually sends a prophet in the last day to restore our faith back to apostolic faith. Well, so you know what? God did not start the church out with 12 prophets. He didn't start out with 12 prophet disciples, right? But he started out with disciples, then he, of course, named them apostles, and they were the ones who started, by the grace of God, this doctrine. Then the church gets away from it, then God sends a prophet, but he does not send a prophet to restore the church back to prophet doctrine, but apostolic doctrine. Isn't that amazing? 
Now, you see why a lot of the message folks basically deny apostolic doctrine. They think all they need is the tapes. So they really don't check what they believe because you can take quotes and put it together and make Brother Bram say just about anything you want him to say. Just like people do with the Bible. But one way to know is that you're not scared, your doctrine, you're not scared to take your doctrine and funnel it through the Holy Bible. That's right. Now, a lot of message folks can't do that because they really don't have a Bible understanding. Praise the Lord. But true believers know that the message and the Bible goes exactly hand in hand. That's right. Brother Branham never taught things that was contrary to the Scripture, only to reiterate and make those Scriptures more visible and more plain for us. Is that right, Happy Valley? Right. So what they believed was that the Lord Jesus was the virgin-born Son of God by the immaculate conception, that He was, as Peter confessed it, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But now remember, these were Jews with a Jewish background. So they were never Trinitarians. They were never Trinitarians when they were Jews. And they did not become Trinitarians when they become Judeo-Christians. By that I mean merging together Judaism and Christianity. They never were Trinitarians and they never did become Trinitarians. So then the Judeo-Christian believers down through the ages that become Trinitarians were not true Judeo-Christian followers. Because Peter was not a Trinitarian. Paul was not a Trinitarian. They were Jews which believed, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. So they did not, well you say, how could they write about father and son? Because they had the true understanding under the anointing of that glory to God, under that great eagle that released his own personal anointing to anoint that first church age. So they could acknowledge father, spirit, invisible being, and son, uh, humanity, flesh, mortality, and when they said that, wrote that preach that they never had two gods in mind the way people do today when they read it because they were Jews so they knew God did not have another being sitting beside him God said in the Old Testament if there is another God I know of none he said there is none beside me says the Lord so surely to goodness if he was talking and there was a young man sitting there God said well oops I forgot about my boy here. Uh, I'm sorry, son. I didn't mean to overlook you there. Surely God would have said, well, there's only one beside me, but God said there ain't none beside me. So who put, who put one beside God? I'll tell you who done it. The devil. It is part of the devil's gospel. I like to preach that to you sometimes. But they believed that the Lord Jesus was, as John so phrased it in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So they believed that He was the Logos, which was the thought or the mandate or the concept of God that had a beginning before He became a man. 
And then they believed that he was virgin born and that Logos, that thought, that mandate of God become a human being. Then that human being gave his life. Now remember whenever Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John write in their gospels, they're not actually sitting down and Matthew, you know, had his little book along and he was taking notes as Jesus went along with Bartimaeus and, and Mark was over there. Mark, you know, I mean, these, these men, Luke wasn't even there. They was not even there with him. Matthew was. And we know then that whenever they wrote this, they was going backwards and writing things that they remembered and what the Holy Ghost brought to their attention. So they, uh, they had all the time in the world if they had turned to true light to become Trinitarians. They had all these years to be able to write now in retrospect, okay, now that I understand the Godhead, there was actually three. So they had all these years and, and circumspectly look at it and say, well, you know what? We, we Jews have been wrong for all these thousands of years. Here, Abraham thought there's one. Jacob thought there's one. Joseph thought there's one. Our fathers thought there's one. But actually, there's three up there. And we want to straighten this out. They had all these years, but the charity gets straightened out. But they were already straightened out. That's one thing they did have right. They believed the Godhead right. But they did believe then that God sent his son. But when they quoted that and said that, they said that with a background coming from being Jewish all of their life, that it was not God sending another being, but it was himself in another form. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Great is the mystery of God in this. For God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached into the Gentiles received up into glory who was? God was not one of the gods but God but God so when the Lord Jesus then the way that they embraced this and especially once they received the Holy Ghost no doubt it become more real to them actually what had transpired so when Peter says thou art the Christ the anointed one thou art the son of the living God oh Jesus said Simon Peter my father has revealed this unto you where did you get this my father even my own flesh never made this known unto you now whenever of course the Lord Jesus opting to come to this world in the fashion that he did it was laying aside the amorphe of the spiritual form of God taking on the amorphe of a servant and he must lay aside so much of that divine in order to become a man like unto his brethren had his brethren remained in theophany form he could have come to theophany form as as well. Had his brethren remained in a state of remembering that they once existed, he also could do likewise in the depth of maintaining his knowledge that pre-existed, his wisdom that pre-existed, his omnipresence, omnipresence, all of that. But since his brethren were born into the world in a state of darkness, they did not even know they existed in the mind of God. They had no 
recall of ever being there. They did not know from one day to the next what their life held. They did not know many times what the day itself would even hold. They did not know many times trying to find the will of God and they would stumble around in the darkness of trying to find it because they simply didn't know what to do. So he must kenosis himself of this all-knowing capacity and be born into a body which will have limited knowledge, limited understanding, limited wisdom, limited healing power. Praise the Lord. Though he existed as in the almighty form. So he simply empties himself out. And then uh, we looked at it this weekend that at the River Jordan, he actually, he actually fills himself with himself. So he actually really comes to himself. <laughs> Amen. So the fullness of the Godhead bodily comes in him. But even in that stage, he chooses to remain in the form of kenosis. So it's not like now that he lives for 30 years on the earth and he's emptied out. And then whenever he receives the fullness of the Father inside of him, that the kenosis is completely restored. Not so. He's still in the stripped version of what he must be. Now he receives of course more than you and I have as far as the quantity of it. Uh, but the quality of ours is exactly the same. But he still brings himself into that spot to where that he doesn't know all things yet. Oh my goodness. So what does he want to do? I think this is the part I said I'll have to get to this. This is the part that I'm seeing more and more and more as I look at this is that he wanted to live the type of a human life that would be able to project to us what his plan was for a human that would be born again living on this earth that they would live every day with a total dependence on the will of Almighty God. That they would not get a clearance once they get the new birth and then they would no longer need to pray about where they live, where they work, where they go to church, none of that. Everything will just be, you know, everything will be pre-planned. You'll just stumble into it. It'll all happen. But he wanted to, in order to experience this, knowing that we would miss this. Now he knew this, so he, he never missed the will of God, but he allowed himself to feel in the same stage of, can I say this? way not knowing the will of God and even in the garden of Gethsemane praying father if it be thy will let this cut pass from me now he was not rebellious or stubborn or hard-headed or full of pride that he would rebel against the will of God but he is allowing himself in the kenosis to feel how we would feel when we would actually pray looking up the will of God about a circumstance in our life and we would actually pray Lord please let this pass I don't want this God I don't want to go this way please don't don't make me go this way so he allows himself to feel that same way so when you prayed that think of it he did this 2,000 years ago for you and maybe some of you are there tonight and you're praying God please don't let this happen no God I don't want to I don't want to go this way Lord I, I don't want to he understands where you're coming from 
but he also went through that so he could release his power and understanding back to you to help you if you are willing then you'll be able to oh glory to God you'll be able to say it in the same spirit may I say it to you in the amorphe now of the anointed bride being filled with the bridegroom that you can say it in the same spirit he said it father not my will but yours be done now you and I both know that sometimes we might say that but we don't say it like he said it but then there's other times we say it when it's actually not us saying it it's him saying it now that's the difference that's the difference in intellectual faith and him getting so control of our lives that the spirit of Christ in us oh glory that the spirit of Christ in us can say it exactly it's him Lord children don't you understand it's him again it's him again living in us manifesting the very same life instead of being one Lord Jesus just coming on the earth and living that type of life and going away and leaving the rest of us poor mortals here barely struggling along he said no I want to give them my own life I want to give them my desire which was what to please the father oh praise God so notice then he actually limits himself to where that he doesn't even know when he's going to come back Matthew 24 36 so he voluntarily gave up that knowledge now watch a couple other scriptures here that indicate to us the self-emptying of the divine knowledge. John 8, 26. I have many things to say. I'm the judge of you. But he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. Now watch. Here is again the life. This is before Calvary. This is before the giving of the blood. So this is something he wants us to catch before he ever dies. That a child of God can live this kind of life that I'm sharing and I'm doing what I've heard of my father. Well, what are you going to do tomorrow? Well, Lord willing. Lord willing. Or you can go your own way. Well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and the other. James, uh, James wrote about you. He said, people say, well, we're going here tomorrow. We're going to buy. We're going to sell. Well, he said, we ought to say, Lord willing. An old guy going across across the river one day to come down through there and meet your brother that goes to church with. Said, "How you doing?" Said, "Doing fine." Said, "Where are you going?" Said, "I'm going over here and I'm going to do this and that and other this and that and I'm coming back the afternoon tomorrow." Said, "Don't you think you ought to say Lord willing?" He said, "Well, I think the Lord's willing. I figure I can be able to run my own life." Well, he gets out in his boat. His boat springs a leak. He out drowns. Finally, gets out on the other side. Gets out on the other side and meets a bear. Bear chases him all over the place. Once he gets down with the bear, falls down, breaks his arm. Come back down the other side two days later meets the guy and said where are you going he said going home Lord willing <laughs> lesson learned yes, sir. yeah I learned it. I learned it. well why hard head do we have to learn it that way 
But you see, there's something left in man, unregenerate man, that's still independent of feeling like we need to, why do we need to ask God about every little thing? What's the difference in trading a car? God might know that one's got a rod bearing fixing the blow that'll cost you $1,100 to get fixed. If you'll pray, you said, don't do that, son. Or you get that funny feeling, oh, that engine don't sound just exactly right. Oh, my, I've got enough sense to know if I, our sense is what's got us where we are. That's right. So notice then the Lord Jesus again in, in St. John eight twenty eight. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. Now watch, this is a total emptying out. This is a denying, because remember who His self is. His self ain't you self. Now us selves ain't nothing but low down rotten, good for nothing, sorry outfits that's messed up all of our entire lives. But his self was the word, all-knowing, omnipotent, omnipresent, everything pure, everything righteous. But he chose to empty himself out and to be what? Nothing of myself. Now, as I said, man, friends, just cannot do this. Just, just forget it. If you think you're going to be able to do this on your own, I'm going to tell you right now, and believe me if you want to, I'm just going to save you a lot of hardship. There's no human being that can go this low. You cannot do it. There's no way we can do it. Only God can go as low as he went. But we can go as low as what he wants us to go with his life in us living himself out. So he said, I do nothing of myself, but as my father hath taught me. The word, the word, immorphe God, being taught, you can't teach God. But you can teach his son. You can teach his sons. You can teach his daughters. What's Jesus showing us? A true son of God can be taught. Oh my, I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please. Listen, it's sounding like someone that is subservient to another. You see why that carnal-minded people, when they read this without an understanding of the Godhead, it sounds like another person talking about another person. Person. It's the same person talking about the condescension of himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the carnal mind will think, well, no, there's this old man up there. There is no old man up there. I do always those things that please him. Now remember in his other life, before he came here, him that he's talking about was him. He was him. Oh, glory to God. So with this kenosis, Jesus gives us an example of how children of God can, will, and should live if they become to what? That they empty out as well. Oh my, we, we won't empty out our deity. We ain't got none, no way. We won't empty what he wants us to empty out is our self-trust, our pride, our arrogance, our lack of dependence upon God, right? So he reflected a spirit, an attitude, a makeup, 
of total dependence on the spirit that lived in him. I wonder what kind of folks would be at Happy Valley. If God would let us break out in a revival here in our church. Now by revival, I don't mean that Oh my goodness, all of a sudden people be busting these doors down. Oh, people be standing in line to come. I know. I'm in a revival of the book. Like they had in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. Where they begin to read back in the book. And the book become more clear. And the Levites went among the people and gave them understanding, the Bible says. And they had a revival from the book. And it was them finding themselves in the book, their position of what they were, and finding what they were supposed to do. Well, hallelujah. I wonder what that would do for not only our church, but every other church around the message, that if we had a revival of submission, a revival of losing our dependence upon ourselves. Oh, we're smart. We don't need to pray no more, really. We don't need to, we don't really don't need to seek God no more. My goodness, Brother Donnie, you still pray? You mean you still ask God to help you about preaching? You've been preaching most of your life. I pray now more about it than I did when I started out as a young preacher. Because I realize there's more responsibility on me now than it was when I first started. Is that right? Notice in St. John 10, 17, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life. That I might take it again. What, what do we see? We see a, a being that was so emptied out. That he's talking as if though he has no authority. To be able to be over his former existence. He relinquished that. And he submits himself so to the spirit God living inside of him. That he says, therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life. Now remember who's talking here. Jesus the man. Not Christ the God. Glory. That I might take it again. And no man taketh it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it again. This commandment. You mean Jesus had to keep commandments? Boy, it hurts the Laodiceans because they don't want to have to keep anything. You imagine the Son of God. Now, this is not a suggestion from the Spirit that lived in Him. This is a personal commandment. Praise God. This commandment have I received of my Father. Now, here He was in the realm of the eternal. He was the visible existence of the invisible God. But in order to become this right here, in order to relate to you, He had to lay that part aside and come down and be this human. He had to have a human will, of course. He had human appetites, human desires human feelings and Carol asked me the other day said don't you think Jesus his theophany was in him I said I don't think so I think it would have been a soul a spirit and a body because if he would have had a theophany he would have not had dealt with the afflictions of my human spirit 
Now think about your spirit. Imagination, conscience, memory, reason, and affection. Your human spirit's what causes you a lot of your problems. So if he did not have a human spirit, there would have been that element that he could not have related to. You understand? So he was a special creation of God. So it was soul, spirit, and body, and inside of that was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Oh, hallelujah. Notice this in the unveiling of God. Brother Ram said, God failed in Jesus to do the work of redemption at the cross. God could not die as a spirit. He's eternal. He had to put on a mask. Amen. So God puts on a mask. And he steps in behind the veil. So he hides himself from the devil. He hides himself from all them priests. Hides himself from everybody. But he found out he couldn't hide himself from the elect. No matter what form he got in, they always recognized him. Notice he said he had to put on a mask and act the part of death. He did die. I love this. But he couldn't do it in his God form. He had to do it in son form. Praise be to God. He had to do it in son form as son of man on earth. See, he had to be son form. Then when he returned on Pentecost, you mean Jesus come back on Pentecost? Yeah, under what, what dispensation though? Holy Ghost, son of God. God is a spirit. So if God gave birth to a son, what would that son be? Spirit son. Well, glory. So he comes back on the day of Pentecost under the title dispensational claim as Holy Ghost, which is not son of man, son of God. Because the sins of men were placed on the son of man. The sins of men were placed on the Son of Man. The sins of men could not be placed on Son of God, Son of Spirit. Spirit cannot bear sins. Spirit cannot die. Amen. Son of Man, the body of Son of Man. We do not have that body in us tonight, that human body. What do we have in us? Son of God, under baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. What is it? Sign God all the time. Just a different dispensational claim. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Notice he said he had to do it in son form as the son of man on earth. He had to be son form. Then he returned on Pentecost. He was the son of God. Again, see what I mean? Get the idea? Then we find, mighty God unveiled before us, after his death, burial, and resurrection, he came on the day of Pentecost as son of God. You see where the church people miss it? Now they place son of God as the man who died on the cross. That's son of man. Son of God is baptism of the Holy Ghost. A little while and you'll see me no more. Yet a little while and I'll be with you. It's expedient for you that I go away. If I don't go away, I'll not come back again in my other form. Glory. Hallelujah. He came on the day of Pentecost as Son of God. God the Spirit in the form 
Holy Ghost. What was he doing? He was changing himself, making himself known to his people in a different form. Like the Spirit, which is God. He came to deal through the church ages as the Son of God, the Holy Spirit. Is anybody hearing me tonight? He came through the church ages as Son of God. Don't you see the glory to God? Hallelujah. If there was a bride light and a bride time, and it's going to consummate with the bride ending up in the fullness of God, don't you see why at the very end of the church age, he must reappear again as Son of Man? Amen. Amen. What do you do? He come in the ministry of a prophet. As it was in the days of Sodom, thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is being revealed. Glory to God. It is the evening time, was evening light to bring a bride back to the original word. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. He come to deal through the church ages as Son of God, the Holy Spirit. So he, in the millennium, he'll be Son of David. What is it? Same God all the time. Just changing his mask. Now listen to the way Brother Man explains this. It's beautiful, simple, but it's wonderful. I am to my wife. I am. I am. To my wife. A husband. That's what God is. To his bride. husband I am to the church world a savior <laughs> Woo! well glory to God now in my home I'm three different people in my home Now watch, in the kingdom of God, God is three different people. But actually only one. Now watch Brother Random had comparison. Now in my home, I'm three different people. In my home, my wife has claims on me as husband. Now notice being married, Sister Media being married to Brother Branham, she had claims. Now remember, he's not just saying these words. He's making a great spiritual symbol that we would be able to see our position. Amen. So Sister Media had claims on Brother Branham as her husband. Is that right? So she looked to him as being her head. She looked to him as being able to provide for her and the family. She did not drive and have a driver's license. Couldn't even cash a check because she had no formal form of identity. That's what he said. So she looked to him as far as providing money. She looked to him to provide food for her and the children, to be able to get from Tucson to Jeffersonville, from Jeffersonville to Chicago. She had claims on him. My husband, I want to go with you to such and such and so and so. And since I don't have a driver's license, I'm claiming, oh, hallelujah. 
I'm claiming that seat right up on the other side of you in the front. That's my claim. Oh, glory to God. As your wife, I claim the right not to ride in the back in a U-Haul truck. I claim the right not to ride in the back in a cattle car. But I claim the right to ride right up front with you. Well, let me just go ahead and say, as the bride of Jesus Christ, I claim the right to ride up front with Jesus. I claim the right, hallelujah, to ride in redemption's chariot all the way to the body change. I have claims on him as my husband. My daughter out there has no claims on me as husband. Now wouldn't it be perverse and warped and strange if Sister Rebecca or Sarah, Sister Sarah would have come up to Brother Branham and said, Husband, husband, I want to go to the meetings in Tucson. Husband, I want to go to Phoenix. Husband, Well, that's what the church does when they tell Jesus they want to go on the rapture. Since the rapture is the wedding supper and the millennium is the honeymoon, the church ain't got no claim on him for the honeymoon. She can say it all she wants to. She ain't got no claim on him for the honeymoon. But you want your mama going along with you all on the honeymoon when you got married? How many of you brothers want your mother-in-law going along? Or your little sister-in-law, or your little brother-in-law, or your little father-in-law, or your little uncle-in-law, and cousins-in-law, and all the rest of them in-laws and outlaws and all the rest of them. You'll say, oh yeah, we're all going with you all on the honeymoon. You said, no, you ain't. You staying at the house, we going on this honeymoon by ourselves. And the church said, oh, we're going, we're going. Jesus said, no, you ain't. And the bride saying the same thing he said, no, you ain't. This is our husband. This is our king. We have claim on him. This honeymoon is with us and Jesus. She doesn't have any claims on me as husband. I am her father. My little grandson there, I'm grandfather to him. So he has no right to call me father. I am not his father. My son is his father. I am his grandfather. But I'm still the same man. Yet dispensationally in the same house, 
You would have these different categories of people approaching the same. Glory to God. You would have these different categories of people approaching the same man. And they'd only get what they need if they approach it under the right dispensational claim. Amen. So when the Syrophoenician woman comes to the Lord Jesus and says, Son of David, Son of David, he answered her not a word. But when she said, Lord, hallelujah, she had no claims on him as son of David. But when Bartimaeus said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me, he had a claim. Lord, have mercy, children. We as the people of God need to stand to our position in the end time and make our claims as bride. We're not dogs. We're not castaways. We're not outcasts of the economy of God. We are the elect. We are the redeemed. We are the chosen. That is my claim. This paragraph 56 to me is phenomenal. And God, what he does, he just changes himself to become to that generation to make known himself to that people. And that's what we're here to find out tonight. In what way is God supposed to make himself known to this people in this time? (laughs) You see, this is the focus and this is where so many people miss it. They don't understand why do you have to keep on talking about evening light, prophet and messenger and seals and child. What difference does it make? This is the difference right here. I want to know what God wants to make himself known right now. Don't just point me back to 63. Don't just point me back to 47. Don't point me back to 1987. I want to know how does he want to make himself known in 2020. I want to know what does he want to make known to his people. Poor old devil, which door did he go out? Or is he up here passed out? Poor, wait, hey, wake up, wake up, devil. I ain't done with you yet. Listen to this. In what way is God supposed to make himself known to this people in this time? He changes his mask. He changes his act. But he doesn't change his disposition. So it comes from what they knew of the Old Testament of being of one God. How could it come to the New Testament then and be three? Can't you see why Judaism to this day, they stumble at Trinitarianism. And for the most part, they, they identify Christendom. As men Trinitarian. I was watching a documentary the other night about Israel and them talking about relating to the Christians. And they identified all of Christendom as being Trinitarian. I said, well, not us. We believe like Abraham believed. 
in the minority that they think we're all Trinitarians. Notice this. He changes his act, but he doesn't change his disposition. He doesn't change his nature. Notice he's not saying they or them. He just changes his mask. So apparently there's only one actor in this play. He's got different masks, but there's only one person doing the acting. Or Brother Brown left somebody out. And he's seen him a whole lot more times in vision than you have. So I'm going to take his word for it. Notice he said, oh, listen to this. He does it. Amen. To reveal himself more plain to the people that they might know who he is and what he is. That's very important to God. Can you imagine being the know-it-all? Except without that attitude, of course. You knew everything because you were everything. But you decided, if I go to the earth knowing everything, how will I be merciful and pitiful to my people when many of them will be drunks, liars, whoremongers, thieves, robbers, everything in the world... And for many of them, it will take them decades to be washed of tradition and theology. And if I know immediately and understand immediately upon my descent to the earth, how can I have compassion for my children for decades and gradually lead them into my truths? So I take my all-knowing I'll lay it there. I've got all power now. Omnipotence. Omnipotent. I created all things. I made all things. I can do whatever I wish. I am the eternal. But if I go down and fight human battles with that and then I tell Phil, I tell Jack and Fred and Betty and Susie and Mary and Lucy and whoever more. Now you all fight it just as a person with a Holy Ghost. Who is that? I take my all power. Oh, I'm getting weaker. Still too strong. Oh God. I've got to empty out more. I know what I must do. I must completely empty myself. Reserve. I'll simply leave eternity in the same way that they will in their own succession 
I will leave as an attribute. And the attribute lands down in the virgin womb of Mary. Fullness of the Godhead bodily, still in heaven. All-knowing, still in heaven. All-power, still in heaven. Glory to God. Notice this in God's gifts. Always find their places. Talking about the three wise men, now what they brought to the Lord Jesus. They brought him frankincense, which was a type that he was a service to Jehovah. So then he's not going to come on the earth and say just basically hide himself and all that he is, but he'll still be the main man. He's still Jehovah. I just simply laid a lot of what I was back there, but I'm still here. Anytime I want it, I retrieve it. He must come in the form of servitude. Now watch these three wise men as they bring these gifts and they lay it before him. God testifies by gifts. Notice. They brought him frankincense, which was a type that he was a service to Jehovah. Jesus is Jehovah's servant. But what's amazing was he was Jehovah before he became Jesus, but once he became in the form of Jesus, now he becomes the servant of himself. <laughs> Glory to God. But, he, but he, he can't do it right and do it proper if he comes to the earth and Jesus is Jehovah. Now in St. Matthew 12, 15 We find out that he was Jehovah's servant Behold my servant In whom I am well pleased And he was And I put my strength upon him So his life Was anointed with frankincense to Jehovah's service. Why though? Why? Does this make him more clean as a sacrifice? Does it make him a better person on the cross? Don't you see? Sure as the world, this is why the Lord wanted us to go this way. To help us to see he's doing this for us. As our example that we become anointed and we receive the gold, we receive the myrrh, and we receive the frankincense. Now we are Jehovah's servants. For our life is not our own. We are bought by the price. Oh, I do what I want to do. I say what I want to say. I know you're, you're, not, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost yet then if you do. What a gift them wise men gave. See, it was something, the gift they gave was something to identify Jesus as Jehovah's servant. Now, oh my, can you imagine that going out of his mouth and then the next words that go out of his mouth are about you. Now, if we could only do that, 
to identify our lives. See, our lives to be identified as Jehovah. Oh, Brother Donnie, I agree with that. I do this and I do this and I do this. Every one of us do things which are easy for our nature. And there are things that, come on, just be honest, even in the realm of sacrifice, that is more easy for us to do. It'll not be those things that really brings great merit and reward to you. It will be those things which are against your nature. All of us have got things about us. Even natural people can pick out certain parts of the word and obey the word naturally. Some people are just kind-hearted to give to the poor. People do it to charities all the time. People give millions and millions of dollars to charities to feed the poor and do this and that and the other. Oh, I do this and I do that. I, I, would, I really wouldn't want to hear that about your life so much. I want to know what you give up that you don't want to give up. Well, hallelujah. Boy, Brother Donnie, you're preaching now and you better get done because they're going to, I don't know what they're going to do to you. Come on in Happy Valley. It's not those things which come natural because if you look back at your life, many of you that way before you ever got saved. That's what frankincense was for. That made him Jehovah servant. Now myrrh, myrrh was the anointing of the death. And we find in St. John, the 19th chapter, 39th verse, the funeral service of Jesus. When Mary and them went and they taken this myrrh to anoint him because he must be the servant of death for Jehovah. See, somebody had to die. That was a service that had to be done for God. And nobody was worthy to do it but God himself. And God can't die. So bringing the myrrh, showing that deity with the service. Notice Matthew 12, 17. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, Behold my servant. Kenosis. The God. Children. The God. The very word that came out of Isaiah's mouth was him. He became what he spoke through Isaiah. He was the one that anointed Isaiah. He anointed Isaiah to call about him and his condescension and he called himself through the lips of Isaiah, a servant. I tell you tonight, if the Lord Jesus in the form of the Logos could speak his own destiny and become what he said, it ain't no wonder, oh Lord have mercy, if the doctor gives you the office report of man or a woman ever got a medical report, if God can drop in your heart and let the image of a well person appear out there in front of you, I don't care what the doctor says, I don't care what all kinds of scans and cat scans and dog scans and whatever kind of scans they do on you brother, if the same word of God that said let there be light can speak that word out of your mouth, that very word of God will materialize. 
eyes and that cancer, that TB, that blood pressure leaving your body and you will walk into that image. The Lord Jesus stepped into this word and became Jehovah's servant. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break and a smoking flax shall he not quench. Till he send forth judgment unto victory. Now this was Christ anointing Isaiah to speak about Jesus. So it was him before he became Jesus. Like he was you before you became you. The real you, I mean. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust can I go a bit further that's the reason the prophet said that God does nothing outside of a man he always works through a man because he had to use a man a man is what he had to use to display his attribute of savior he had to make man in his image make him something like him Put him on a free moral agency. Let him act the way he wanted to. He could take this choice. His choice. And he knew that man. By giving him this choice. Would fall. But he didn't make him fall. But he knew he would fall. So those of you that are so proud of your free moral agency. Just look what you just got. So being that he had to do that, he turns back around and makes, Lord, and makes the man a partner to him. Don't you understand? The humanity, the body, the son, the boy was the spirit's partnership in redemption. As your body is in your partnership with your soul's Christianity. Woo, boy, that was a good one, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah to God. Oh, my. You know what, friends? We, we, with all of our soul, we want to love God. We want to go to church and all that. But, my, there's no way you can send your soul to church and your body stay home and stream. Well, hallelujah. Is that right? There ain't no way you can clap your hands tonight just with your soul, but you've got to be partnershiped up with your body. Now, your soul don't get tired, but your hands do. Come on now. Well, Brother Donnie, I get tired and I worn out. Well, wake up that old buddy of yours. Wake up that partner of yours. You need him in your Christianity. He's not burst yet, but after a while, he will be. Oh. Oh, glory. So what does God do? God even takes our humanity and uses it in making the greatest expression of his desire and that is for a wife. 
Praise God. So he makes the man a partner to him. And does nothing. Except he does it. Through a tape player. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You see, those who, desire, who deny God call men, they don't even believe what he said. They don't believe what God said. Much less what the messenger said. The whole work of redemption come by man. Hallelujah. Death come by the first man. Life come by the second Adam. See, there you are. He does nothing. Because he had to use a man from that. Then he uses a man to redeem back again. So deity becomes Jehovah. Or Jehovah, he is deity. And become a child. He become in the form of sin. That he might redeem the sinner. See, there's the whole thing. So let's look. At a stripped down version of God. St. John 5.30 I can of my own self do nothing. Praise the Lord. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. A stripped down version of God. And yet we have message folks. We got young message women who are posting on social media that they believe a girl has a right to abortion. We have young message girls that are posting that they believe that girls have a right to cut their hair. They can do this and do that and the other and still be in the bride. That does not line up with this version here. That's the gospel of Satan. It's good news for the Laodiceans. Good news. You can cut your hair. Good news. You can wear makeup. Good news. You can do everything you want to do. That good news will take you to hell. But the good news is Jesus delivers you from makeup. The good news is he delivers you from lust. He delivers you from adultery. He delivers you from lying. Oh my. Notice this. Now he said when he was here on the earth, he said he was God. He acted like God. He preached like God. He healed like God. Watch him break it. He died like a man. But he raised again like God. <laughs> Don't you see? The actor, the actor, 
the actor. Then he slips into the garment right there for a moment of time, dies like a man, slips back out again, raises up like God. Hallelujah. He's just changing his mask to make the drama complete. Lord have mercy. They did not see the bride in the groom before Pentecost. And they have not seen the groom in the bride after Pentecost. He changed his garment. Oh, hallelujah. After he ascended up and he come back on the day of Pentecost in the baptism of the Holy Ghost in bride form. In bride form. Now it's Jesus in you and you and you. Go ahead and give him a hand. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Praise God. Praise God. So the humility of Kenosis subjected himself to Mary and Joseph. I have just been Still staggering under that service Sunday. And him in those silent years of his life. Brother Bert from 12 to 30. 18 years. I don't believe Jesus was sitting back there at the house with his legs all kicked back and saying, Mom, bring me some popcorn. Dad, do this. We'll get to it, Lord willing. But Jesus was known of being a carpenter and a carpenter's son. I don't believe he sat around twiddled his thumbs and said, what are you waiting on? Waiting on the Holy Ghost. What are you doing? Absolutely nothing. I believe he was busy. Don't you? He went out there and held one meeting as a 12-year-old boy, as far as I know, never held another for 18 years. It was about the father's business. Apparently, the father's business changed from public appearance to hidden mystery for 18 years of his life. Now, would we think that God would send the anointed Messiah to the earth and be silent for 18 years and then only let him preach three and a half? Why not go on for another 40 or 50 years and let him preach and declare all that Paul needed to say? Let him preach the whole thing. His blood would have been just as pure at 70 as it was at 33. You see, we don't hardly believe it. But actually, sometimes, less is more. If you don't believe me, ask Jesus. We'll compare him to the other one who wanted to be the morning star. And we'll see a difference in their ambitions. Of what he was going to do and what he said he was going to do and what he wanted to become and what he has become. And again, as I said before, hopefully by God's grace help you to see why God hates satanic pride. Whether it's in preachers, singers, laity, whoever it is. God hates it. Because it's not from God. It's from the devil. 
Now, there's a difference, you know, you know that. There's a difference in being proud and being able to accomplish things in life. But there's a line there, remember, that Satan himself, oh, I'll tell you one thing, I'm this and that. Now, our church is better than other church. Friend, the message people are eat up with this pride. This is why many of them get in such horrible shape. They wait and wait until they're such terrible shape. And then they come talk to a preacher somewhere and they're done backslid doing awful things. Awful things. Because their pride would not let them humble themselves when they first got in trouble to go talk to their pastor. Look, if you're going to talk to the same man either way, why wait till you're 45 years in? Why not do it when it first starts? Save me and you a lot of headaches and sleepless nights. I like to keep the rest of my hair if y'all don't mind. If it's okay with you guys, I mean, some of you guys look good with no hair, but believe me, I would not. I'm as non-headed as a pumpkin. You don't want to see me up here slick as, as I'll get out. You don't. I like keeping my hair if it's okay with you all. So what's this to teach us? Every day get up. Don't raise your hand now. But how many of you every day when the day starts, do you say, Lord, help me today. Lead me today. But Brother Donnie, I'm a housewife. So? When Brother Brennan mentions that in the adoption series and he goes into about God giving birth pains and God bringing forth his children before the foundation of the world, you know one of the first things he mentions? A housewife. He didn't mention a prophet. He didn't mention a pastor. He mentioned a housewife. You have a great position, sisters. You brothers all, I, I, I ain't no preacher. I ain't never done nothing for God. You're living a Christian life, aren't you? That's more than the majority of the seven billion people on the earth can do. You're doing something for God. Be what God made you to be. How many would like to have your own kenosis? Not emptying out deity. Just emptying out all the trash. You know, all the unnecessary baggage and all the excess in our lives. Me too. Now you see why we with confidence cannot can approach the throne of grace with boldness? We go to him and say, Lord, we, 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 we got things in our life we, we just we want you to take out. Please, Lord, help me. I want to be more like you. I want to empty out. He said, empty out. I understand. I want to empty out, Lord. I, I've got tradition. I've got pride. I'm stubborn. You see how stubborn I am, Lord. I'm unforgiving. I, I, I want to empty out. Empty out. I wonder at his mind when he, when he hears that prayer. Does he go back to the skip like it was? He said, empty out. I remember that. I remember that. So he enters in with you. And you're wanting to get rid of habit or this or that. The other. He says, I can do that. This is why you can have confidence. He laid aside all of this. More, listen, it's ineffable. Remember the word we learned, inexplainable, undescribable? It's even more than any preacher can ever describe what he laid aside. So what would temper be to that? The spirit of unforgiveness, the spirit of gossip. What would that be? emptying out all he emptied out so let me point you in the right direction you don't need to try to get online and see if you can find a, a book for dummies on how to be a Christian you need to go to him who specializes in emptying out 
and say, Father, help me. Can we do that tonight? Would you just, if you don't mind, just lay your hand on that person there standing by you, if you would, if you feel comfortable in doing so. Lord Jesus, thank you for this service tonight, Lord. Lord, I, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different season for us than where you are. I've got this other Lord that was dealing with on heaven and all that on, on the weekend. Here you have pulled me away from that, Lord. I believe this is part of what Brother Branham was saying there in the quote, Lord, that you, you want to reveal yourself to this people for this time. I believe this is where we are at Happy Valley in this season. And maybe others that gets a blessing out of it. I hope they do. Lord, you somehow want us to see this about yourself. And see this about us. So, Lord, we can come before your throne tonight with boldness and thanksgiving. And know that we will not be misunderstood because we do not have a a mediator there that cannot relate by experiential feelings you know exactly what we're asking for I don't know how it works there if in your mind you think back upon your mortality and you remember when I say Lord please help me as Donnie Reagan to empty out empty out everything that's unlike you Lord whatever it would be and I don't know if you remember that or not but Lord I do know that you can relate to us Whenever we think of a high priest, then we think of one that's not just when we're sick. Lord, much of our issues in life are not just about sickness. It's about depression and oppression and weariness and, Lord, feeling hurt because someone is so trespassed against us. And when the pain is so hard and so difficult, Lord, as humans, if we're not careful, we tend to allow that to go into bitterness and resentment and so many things, Lord. We don't want that, Lord. We need your help. Yet, Lord, we deal with such hurt and pain. But yet we know that you dealt with way more than we did. Way more so we we can come to you and be able to confess it. I don't know how these people pray when they come to you, Lord. I don't try to use great words and great speeches and praises of man I just try to be as honest as I know how to be and if I'm down I just tell you and if I'm feeling down I just tell you and just let you know how I feel Uh, Lord prayer is too important for me to waste my time with words Lord of trying to give some type of praise of man or accolades that has no value to it so Lord Jesus we ask you tonight help us Lord may we be able to kenosis Oh, Jesus, anything in us that's not like you. If we have your spirit in us, then it will help us to empty out. Praise God. Except you'll never ask us to empty out deity. You'll never ask us to empty out goodness. You'll never ask us to become a sinner instead of being a son. You did that once and for all. All you ask us to lay aside are those things which hinder us in our walk. Help us, Lord Jesus, would you, Father? O Lamb of God, may you minister to every heart, every man, woman, boy, and girl. Lord, if there's some here tonight or maybe that's streaming and they've got a really bad report from the doctor. 
Oh God, they've got a bad financial report and they don't know what they're going to do. Lord Jesus, may you be able to drop it in their heart tonight that you're mindful of them. Lord, that you care for your children. You're too loving to be hard. You're too perfect to be wrong. You're too sublime, Lord, to ever make a mistake. So even when we don't understand your word and we don't understand the season that we're in, we can trust your heart because your heart conveys to us even in the shadows of the mystery of the word. He loved me yesterday. He loved me the day before. He loved me when I was a sinner. He'll love me tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And this too will pass. This too will pass. It didn't come to stay, but it come to pass. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we worship you tonight, Father. Oh, I just sense your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lamb of God, minister to the needs of your people tonight, God. Lord, as I think of a dear buddy, God, tonight, you see my heart heavy, Lord Jesus. You know who it is and what I mean, Lord, I pray, Father. In the name of Jesus, Almighty God, we are brought here on this earth to serve your purpose and there's not enough devils in hell can take us out of here as long as we're walking in your will, Lord. Lord Jesus, encourage us tonight, Father. Strengthen us, I pray, Lord. Hallelujah. Take my hands, Lord. Take my mouth, Lord. Help me to encourage your people. Lord, many times we say, oh, God, help this person. God, help that person. God, help another person. Sometimes you may want to use us to help that person, and it will be God. Hallelujah. With skin on him. Hallelujah. Oh, James said there was people in that day say, yeah, yeah, you pray that God, you're cold, well, go be warmed. And, and you're hungry, go be fed. But maybe the Lord wants to speak to our heart to help feed them and help clothe them. Help us, Lord Jesus. But our pride, our arrogance, our selfishness keeps us back. Oh, Jesus, help me to lay it aside anything in me, Lord. It's not like you. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Let me be your servant and more surrender, O oh God. I love you, Lord. I thank Lord Jesus of the time we're in. Lord, the darkness moving in, diseases on the earth. Lord, and doctors and biochemists and all kinds of people saying diseases are going to come and it'll recur again as it was in 1918 and 1919 of the Spanish flu and over 50 million people on the earth die. Lord, other scientists say the sun is eventually going to burn out and it'll become a mega star and then she'll totally obliterate and destroy. Scientists say we're running out of water and others say we're going to run out of oxygen. They certainly leave a bleak picture. But I'm so glad we can turn over in the book of Revelation we can hear him, hallelujah, who spoke his word, said, I create new heavens and a new earth. 
And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending from God out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. Hallelujah. We're not looking to science forecasts. We're not looking to the biomedics and all that sort of thing, Lord. We're looking for the promise of a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Strengthen your people tonight, Lord. We love you, Father. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, you see these viruses and diseases that are on the earth, Lord. We pray for your children, Father. The prophet tells us there'll be diseases that'll come on the last days on the people on the earth. Father, we pray for your protection. We pray for your mercy. We know, Lord, the coronavirus and now an outbreak of the bird flu coming out of China as well. Lord, we know you got children there. When I heard about it, Father, my heart, I couldn't keep from thinking about those saints that I've ministered to there, Lord Jesus. But we know your love is so great, it's not just limited even to your bride. But you love humanity. I pray, Father, scientists in Israel, scientists, Lord, in Denmark, scientists in Switzerland, in the United States, in different parts of the world, they're trying to find something that will head this off. I pray for them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray for them. They'd probably never give you the thanks. But when this prayer is answered, we will. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, may you be able to help them to find a breakthrough. And find it quickly, Lord. We pray for your children around the world, Lord. Watch over us, Lord. So many sick, Lord. Just constant reports of this going on and that going on. Be mindful of us, Jesus. We love you, Lord God, with all of our hearts. We worship you tonight, Jesus. Oh, it's so good to know you, Lord. It's so good to be your son, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you for dying for me. Oh, how I love that. But I'm, I'm beginning to see, I don't just need to thank you for dying for me. I, thank you for, need, I need to thank you for living for me. You lived as a man for me. So I would know how to live as a man. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, to teach me how to live every day. Every day, oh, let the world laugh, make fun of us. We don't care, Lord. We just want to be led by your Spirit. Praise God. And the saint said, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Donna Cox had to take Sister Monica home battling a migraine headache for over a week. She's feeling real faint. How many believes God can move for our sister? Right now? Let's join together. Lord Jesus, we call our sister's name. Sister Monica Cox. May the Holy Ghost go to her right now. If she's on the way home, maybe she's already home, laying down, wherever she is, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, this scripture we read a while ago said, the Gentiles shall trust in your name. That was us, Lord. We trust in your name. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, may this migraine leave our sister. May the very cause of it go from her body 
in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And the saint said, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord, with all of our hearts. Let's just love him a little before we go. I know I always feel a little bit of pressure on Wednesday night because I know your kids got to go to school and you got to go to work, but I don't like feeling pressure when I go to church. This might be the last Wednesday night some of you will ever sit here. We shouldn't live like we've got 57,000 more Wednesday nights. We should come in here every Saturday night, every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, worship, pray, behave, and act like it'll be the last time we'll ever be in church because it might be. Every day you live, you ought to live that day. Oh, don't live it halfway. Don't live it quarter way. You ought to live every day as if though it's your last day. Ain't that right? Because it may very well be. Let's just love him a little before we go, can we? Just worship him. Oh, my. I remember my girls. One of them, her spirit was a little bit more gentle and more timid than the other one. We won't call no names, but... She's over in this direction. Uh, the other one was one that received more protoplasma stimulation, Brother Bantam called it. And she was littler, she was smaller. And I always hated to whip her, always hated to whip her. She didn't think that. But whenever I'd spank her, I'd let her pout for a little bit. You know, when most all of us do pout after whippings. But then I'd always want to reach out my arms to her and pull her up. Sometimes she wouldn't. Sometimes she wanted distance from daddy. <laughs> A lot of times she'd come, come running. I'd pull her up on my lap, put my arms around her, say, Erica, you know I love you with all of my heart. I know, daddy. I know, daddy. And she did me the way we do the word. We quote the word and we tell Papa we love him and we quote it and we quote it. But those other times, I knew she really knew it. Because I wanted her to feel it from me. And that's the way I want to worship him. And if, if, I hope you understand that that's the way I want him to feel when I worship him. I want him to, not just me, you know, singing and going through. I want to emanate from my being. Not, not spiritualism. But I want to emanate from my being. The very feeling of my soul. Amen. That he feels it come back from me. And bounces right toward his great being. Now there's times I worship him. I feel nothing. I'm going to worship him anyway. I'm a worshiper. Oh, but I love it when I get there and somehow he allows me to connect with him. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying, right? That your, your being just gets connected and he's just taking it in. Oh, yes. Praise God. Let's just worship him a little before we go. Praise the Lord. I want to sit at your feet. Drink from this cup in your hand. Lay back against you. Just lay back against you. 
Let him feel it from this your soul. love is so deep. It's not how loud you scream. More than I can how understand. much you move. It's what comes from your being. I rest in your peace. In your peace. It's overwhelming. Hallelujah. Amen. For I see. The more I see. The more I find you. I should sing it together now. What do you find out? The more I, the more I love you, I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup. Brother, sister, that's close communion. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart
Father, the more I love you, I want to sit at your feet, drink from this cup in your hand, lay back against you, breathe, feel your heart beat, this love is so more than I can understand I rest in your peace it's overwhelming Amen don't you appreciate God's protection in his hand if you get a chance tonight ask Brother Darrell if he appreciates God's protection as he was fixing to leave where was it Brother Darrell? Geneva? The other day, Amsterdam, lightning hit the plane that they were in, turned the plane blue on the outside, fire going everywhere. I'm glad the angels of the Lord are flying with me, driving, shopping. They camp with you, friends. They camp with you. It's your claim. God bless you. Love you so much. Hope these things have been a blessing to your heart, strength to you, help to you. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads together. God bless you. Lord Jesus, we count it an honor to have been gathered together again tonight, Lord, in your house. We thank you. We pray, Lord, that you just go with your people now. Watch over them on the roads. Lord, we never know who's driving beside us in the car, in front of us, behind us. People are, are so crazy in this world we're living in. You don't know if they're on their phone, if they're on dope, what in the world they're on. We get in front of them. If they don't go fast enough, they about run over us. We claim your protection and your mercy, Lord. I pray you'd bring us back again this weekend, Lord Jesus. We once again long and expect you to meet with us in a great way. We know we're not asking too much because you told us to ask that our joy might be full. Go with us now. Keep us by your grace. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you. Love you. Go in the fear of God. The more I seek you The more I find you The more Father, the more I love you, I want to sit at your feet, drink from this cup in your hand, lay back against you, feel your heart beat, this love is so deep. More than I can understand I rest in your peace It's overwhelming The more I seek you 
So oh. 